The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. Going out about nine o'clock, the landowner saw others standing idly in the marketplace, and he said to them, you too, go into my vineyard, and I will give you what is just. So they went off, and he went out again around noon and around three o'clock, and did likewise. Going out about five o'clock, the landowner found others standing around and said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They answered, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you too, go into my vineyard. When it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, summon the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought they would receive more but each of them also got the usual wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowner saying, these last ones worked only one hour and you made them equal to us who bore the day's burden and the heat. He said to one of them in reply, my friend, I'm not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give the last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Thus, the last will be first and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. I don't know if y'all have ever uh, heard this expression in your life. I had the blessing of growing up with four brothers and a sister in our family. And my parents, as I've mentioned before, are always watching online. <laughs> they watch the homily online and then they go to mass at their parish. So mom and dad, thank you for the wonderful family experience we had. But they also know when I got myself in trouble and when our siblings, we got in trouble and it didn't always work out, you know like the time I convinced my mom to buy some Captain Crunch cereal because we never had sugar cereal and I hid it under the sink and then I got up early in the morning on Saturday morning and I just began eating it in a huge Tupperware container and it resulted in a fight because I was thinking about myself. But sometimes in life there could be this notion where what's in it for me, right? What's in it for me? What am I gonna get out of it, right? Now there's certain things where we actually need to look for ourselves first. Those of you who've flown on a plane, right, they say all the time, if there's a cabin, loses oxygen, first put the mask on yourself so that you can breathe and you can receive that breath, then put it on the little child, put it on others, right? That notion of we, we do need to uh, receive in order to give. You can't give what you don't have. So you gotta be able to receive. So we have to receive 
all the love that God gives us. And that's what brings us on Sunday here. And that's what brings us to our personal prayer and our communal prayer. We need each other and we need our Lord and we need his help in order to what? Go give it. What you've received, freely, freely give. There's a, there's a scripture passage. I can't remember the passage in St. Paul's writings. But he said, remember what our Lord Jesus Christ said. The thing that's amazing about it is nowhere in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, can you find what St. Paul says. He says, remember what our Lord said. There's far more received in giving than in receiving. Than in giving than in receiving. The only passage close to that that I've ever found is Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure packed down, overflowing in your lap. For the measure with which you measure out will be measured back to you. Measured back to you. Now, we are in a banking city. (laughs) So I know there's a lot of folks that understand numbers and banking and finance and all that stuff. So you can correct me after because I'm not a banker. But I know that there's two retirement plans that are some, and maybe there's others, but there's a 401k where your company puts into it and you put in and it's the company kind of helps and all that stuff. Then there's the individual retirement account, an IRA, where you do it, where you're paying in. Two different ways where you're preparing for what? Your retirement. You're thinking about your retirement. The amazing thing about the liturgy word today, it's the gospel of Matthew. It's okay to speak in a Catholic church. Matthew was what? Man, there you, come on, y'all know. What was Matthew, what was his profession? He was a tax collector. He was a tax collector. It's his gospel that he's writing there, obviously the living word of God, but you know, if you ever watch the show, The Chosen, they got Matthew going and taking all the notes and stuff and he's following Jesus and he, was, he had his Excel spreadsheet going, his laptop was out and all that stuff, right? Did they have laptops back then? I don't think so. You little ones who have grown up in the, in the, that, that age, actually people before us wrote with pen and paper. Um, but anyway, so Matthew was a tax collector. So beautiful how he kind of captures this message that Jesus is sharing, this parable about the kingdom of God and how people work in, in his vineyard. What's it all about? What, what's Jesus trying to communicate? And how do we bring that down to our language in this banking city? How is, how are your investments in, the, in your 401k in the sky? In your IRA in the sky? Let's say it's a 401k and you've been working for, and you're near retirement and you've been working for 40 years. 40 years. You're gonna retire, you're gonna close out and then someone comes in and works for six months and then they get the exact same retirement pay and paid very little into it. Be like, hey, right? What's up with that? Jesus is trying to reach the heart of them to understand and get them to focus on in the parable, the 401k in the sky. That the one who's gonna pay the most into that is gonna be himself who came not to be served but to serve. Countless times in the gospel that Jesus, Jesus says, hey, if you wanna be first, you need to be last. Who's greater, the one who sits at table or the one who serves at table? He takes things and flips it upside down. The idea of coming to serve. The idea of it being all about the salvation of souls. There's nothing wrong with having things. 
having possessions, having money, as long as our possessions do not possess us. It's the love of money, it's the love of our things, it's the love of the stuff, it's the love of all that that can be the danger. So that our things don't possess us, but we possess them. And we've received them. And you families who work hard, you receive them to take care of your children, to do the different things, but we receive them in order to share, to build up in a different way the kingdom of God on earth because the ultimate goal for all of us, all of us, and not just us, everybody out there in our city is salvation, is that retirement. Passing from this life into the next, our 401k in the sky, we're not gonna earn it on our, our own. Our Lord has paid way more into it than we'll be able to pay into it. We'll never be able to give enough. It's like we're coming with our penny and we're dropping it in the thing and our Lord's poured it all in. He's done it all. But Jesus gets excited about our little penny like he did the widow, the widow's mite in the temple. He got excited. Everybody was looking at the adornment and all this stuff and he's like, did you see that? And they're like, what? That woman came and gave her whole livelihood. She gave her heart to it. Okay, here's where I'm going on this with the parable. My brothers and sisters in Christ, you and I should be so, so excited when somebody new comes to work in the vineyard of the Lord. You and I should be so and so excited about an opportunity to, in the right way, invite someone to come in and be a laborer in the vineyard of the Lord. Our Lord, his heart was broken in scripture. He says, he says the, 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 the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. Think of the harvest that you see on a daily basis. The harvest, you young people in your school. You go into your school and there's a harvest there. You go to the playground, if you're in second grade, first grade, there's a harvest there. People hungry to be loved and to be welcomed, to be chosen and be invited, to build up as those of you who I know I get to speak to once a week at, at, at the school, we talk about bringing heaven down to earth on your playground. You can do that. The harvest is abundant and the laborers are few to go to your schools. There's many of you little ones who go to your schools, whatever school you go to, I hear your stories. You go to your stores, schools and you try to, you go to your sport teams and you go to your activities and you go there as what? Disciples of the Lord who are working in Jesus' vineyard. And it's to go out and be able to invite people in and to welcome those where it may be their first time ever coming in. You know, sometime, and we're not there yet, we're not at Advent, we're not at Lent, but sometimes, and it's something that's just always pained me, I've never heard it here at this church, thank you Jesus, I haven't heard it, but I have heard it before in my many years growing up. You know, when you get around the Christmas time and you get around the Easter time and you hear people say, oh, those Christmas and Easter Catholics, those Christmas and Easter Catholics, they're coming in, they're taking my parking space, they've taken my pew. I'm longing for the day at this parish when Christmas comes and all of us, myself included, to the best of my ability, I just have to celebrate the mass. But what we do is we get out in the parking lot and we're there with our, like at the airport with those things and say, come on in, Providence Road, come on in, come on in. 
come on in. I will give you my pew. I will give you my parking space. I'll park, I'll take an Uber to get here. Because I want you here and our Lord wants you here and I want you to be part of this great kingdom of his. We got a huge vineyard here in Charlotte. This is how it works. Our Lord, before he ascended into heaven, he said, go make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I commanded you and know that I'm with you always until the end of time. He sent his apostles out. And to this very day, the successors of the apostles are, are, are the bishops. And here in the Charlotte Diocese, we just have Greensboro coming down all the way to Tennessee. That's our diocesan vineyard. Sure, we can go into Raleigh and we can go to the beach and we go over there, but, but that's Bishop Sarama and the amazing priests in the Raleigh Diocese or the ones in the Atlanta Archdiocese. They have those sections of the vineyard. We can still collaborate with them work, but that's, that's been entrusted to them. Then what happens is the bishops turn to their priests and amazing families like you who have been there here 40, 50 years, maybe your parents helped build this church as did my parents help build a church in Atlanta. They helped build a church. When I was in high school, my church was a Coca-Cola office building where I helped my dad fold out the fold-out chairs. My four years of high school experience was not in a church. It was on being on mission and my parents pouring it out and saying, we're gonna help build a church. But the church wasn't the fold-out chairs. It wasn't the office building. It wasn't even the beautiful church, St. Andrew's Catholic Church in Atlanta on the river, the Chattahoochee River, where it is now. The church is the living stones, it's you, me. That's the church. And so it's so beautiful that we're, that, we're, that we're able to be here to be part of that, to be part of that vineyard. And we've been given, I wish I had a way to put it up, I can't necessarily put it, but we've been given like a, they call it a juridical boundary. It's a, it's a border. We actually have a border for St. Gabriel's Catholic Church. This building can go away, all this property can go away. Everything can go away. Please, God, no. I hope it never happens, but it's happened in other countries. In Africa, it's happening in Nicaragua. It's happened in other countries. It can all go away, but I will still remain your pastor, and I will still have the call to go out and serve you. If that ever happened, and I pray it never happened, I don't think it'll ever happen, but I would put on my golf shirt, and I would get my golf bag, and I'd put my mass kit in the golf bag and I'd go and celebrate three masses a day, seven days a week, and I'd go to your homes. We'd do it like the first Christians. This church is a blessing, this building is a blessing, but this isn't St. Gabriel's Catholic Church. St. Gabriel's Catholic Church is all of you amazing, wonderful people in the pew. Even if you are here and it's your first time ever here, ever stepping in a Catholic church, you belong, and I hope I get to talk to you after mass because God's calling you too. God loves you too. God wants to invite you too into his vineyard. It's exciting. It's exciting to be working, laboring in the vineyard of the Lord. Whether we've been working for 100 years, like Clarence and his wife, uh, Marie, who's 99 years old, who are celebrating 76 years of marriage in this parish, who were at the 5 p.m. mass last night, he's 100. She's 99, they're still laboring in the vineyard of the Lord. Went over to their house for, for lunch one day and they're still praying for all of us. 
They say, I pray, we pray for the whole church. We pray for the, the, the person in our parish most in need. They're, they're almost 100 years old, 76 years of marriage, still active in the vineyard of the Lord with their prayer. Independent of our age, we can all be participants in that vineyard. And it's my hope for myself and for all of you and everybody who's called that we all get to go before our Lord and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Right? Come on into the kingdom at the end of this life. Because we work for that. That's what we work for. Working for the salvation of souls. Working for extending Christ's kingdom. Working for loving God with our whole heart and our neighbors ourselves. As we continue this Eucharistic celebration, let's thank God for the gift to be part of his vineyard, working in his vineyard. And let's think about, is there someone in my place of work, in my school, in my neighborhood, who I can go out, meet, find the right opportunity, and invite them, invite them, invite them to also labor with Jesus in the vineyard of the Lord.